0: Tenting season is almost upon us. For tenting people, that is. Kathy and I realized a long time ago that we are not campers. Here's what I do know. That if you want a routine routine trip, get a hotel. If you want a memorable one, go camping. Someone needs to make that their slogan. Give me credit, though. <laughs> um, however, I do remember... Uh, taking a few trips, one or two I've told you about, and I don't think I've ever told you about this one before. We had <clears throat> just moved to Fredericton, and the Woodwards were here with their children, and the Bartlett's were here. Gary and Kelly Bartlett were here with their kids, and our kids kind of all hung out, and we decided it seemed like a good thing to do. It seemed like the right idea. We decided that <clears throat> we were going to <clears throat> go away. The destination was determined to be Maine. And the method was the most economical way that we could go, so a campground was secured. Somewhere between Brewer and Ellsworth, we set up camp. And I think before the first evening even settled in, Kathy and Kelly and the youngest of the children were already at a hotel. (laughs) The supplies that had been bought and borrowed were now left for the gentlemen and the Woodward children. I think Beverly. I think she stayed with us. I, with yeah, you you stuck it out with the older kids. Kathy and Kelly and the young kids. They just kind of bailed, ran off the other way with the vehicle. And 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 uh, you know we we just. But I do remember it was a very memorable trip. I I remember that. You know I don't I don't remember all that much, but I do remember that Pastor was in the middle of working on a series for CCC, and. I remember looking in the car, and there he was with his laptop. It was dark all around, and there's this eerie glow from a laptop on his face as he... This is like 20 years ago. I think he had grabbed an extension cord and plugged it into the one slot that was there on the little pole for the tent, and he was in the car working on a series on the fruit of the Spirit, and God was in the tent working on my spirit about the fruit <laughs> of the Spirit. And... Um, You know, that was just, so if you want a routine vacation, go to a hotel. If you want a memorable one, go tenting, tenting. It was the requirement for the Feast of the Tabernacles that was given or found in Leviticus chapter 23. It was a fall festival. It was celebrated during the harvest and amidst the celebration of everything that was happening with the harvest and all of the crops that were being collected, There was this commandment for Israel to move out of their homes and into small, temporary tents. In Leviticus chapter 23, verse 42, you find the scripture God commanded Moses to command Israel. He said, you shall dwell in booths seven days. All that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths. And he said this, he said, that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths. And then he changes the word for that verse. He uses a word called Sukkah. When I brought them out of the land of Egypt, I am the Lord your God. And Moses declared unto the children of the Lord the feasts of the Lord. And and the feasts have importance in Old Testament times, but there's also uh, a collective understanding that the feasts have importance in New Testament times as well. The Bible tells us to keep our eyes on the feast because there's indicators there about the end time that we need to be aware of. And so in the midst of all of this, we can't just write off the Old Testament feasts as Old Testament rules and responsibilities. We're supposed to bring them into the New Testament and remind ourselves with the messages that were there for Old Testament Israel to bring them into the New Testament church for each of us today. And and it's interesting as you begin to study the, the festival of booze or the festival of tabernacles because there is a struggle about the interpretation of these verses amongst the ranks of our Jewish friends, and and I might just pause here to thank everybody for being with us at the Holocaust Memorial Service on Sunday. I, I you know, our church was was so, so, so much thanked by by all of the people that were here. Much gratitude was shown. Much, you know, there was a lot of people that were very grateful from our community. So thank you CCC for being a part of that, and and that's something that we're just going to have on the calendar. So please make that a priority for the next years, but, but, you know, these friends of ours, our Israeli friends, they, there's some powerful, powerful lessons that we can learn from, from them, and their, their rabbis in their school of instruction kind of take these scriptures that I just read to you, and, and there's a little bit of uh, disagreement among them, and so now I know that I've got your attention, because anytime we talk about somebody disagreeing, we've we got all ears, we've Got a little, a little, all right, what's that all about? Yeah, tell, talk to me about that. But there's rabbis from two different schools of thought. One, one school of thought is that it's exactly as we know it to be, that Sukkot is meant to remind us of the real booths from the wilderness period when God brought Israel out of Egypt between Egypt and the promised land. They dwelt in tents. And it's to remind us. And we do know that that's true because the scripture tells us that when Moses went into the tent of meeting that every Israeli man and his family were in their tent and the man would stand in the door of his tent to to watch Moses as he went into the tabernacle. So we know that that's true. So, So we understand that that's a reasonable school of thought that Israel actually dwelt in tents. They had to live somewhere in the wilderness. So it makes sense to us that much like our little wilderness adventure in Maine, I can't remember what the tent was like. I do know that you can't get four men in a four-man tent. Just a little wisdom for you. But I do know that, that there was some kind of protection for Israel. Leviticus 23, let's remind ourselves what that verse said. That your generations may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. But with another school of rabbis, it leaves a curious question about that word that's used, that word in Leviticus 23 verse 43 that's translated to booths, that I made the Israelite people to live in Succot. God is the verb's subject here rather than Israel. And this wording suggests that God provided the dwelling or the covering and therefore They were not just mundane or ordinary boosts, but rather it was something that God had brought for them. It was a protection that God created for them. It wasn't just just that little dwelling that they made out of of leaves. And there was four different trees that they were commanded to use the boughs from, but it wasn't just that. It It was this opportunity that God had to show himself real to Israel. He said, I made the children of Israel to dwell in this booth, in their tent that they that, that was created, I made them to dwell there. And and the image, when you begin to understand the grammar, the image opens that verse to a bigger subject. It opens us to a bigger picture, a bigger promise that is right there underneath the surface. The Bible occasionally uses the term sucka. Yes, to refer to tents and yes, to refer to booths. It, it refers to Succoth, that place where Jacob dwelt. And it said that when he built all of those booths for his animals, it became that place known as Succoth because it was just a bunch of tents. It was a bunch of, of locations for his animals. And so you can imagine that as that blessing rested on that patriarch, when he began to build coverings for all of his animals, when people looked out, all they saw was all of the tents for people and then all of the tents for the animals. There was this place of covering that he created, and so they named the place Succoth, or covering, a place of covering, a place of tents. So that word is used for that. However, it also occasionally is used in Scripture to refer to the clouds or the celestial dwelling place that God manifested himself. If you think with me, often in times in in that Old Testament passage, then, when God is referred to, it's accompanied with a cloud. It was a cloud on Mount Sinai. In Psalms chapter 8, verse 12, he describes, uh, the psalmist describes his vision of the divine. He said, He made darkness his screen, dark thunderbolts, dense clouds of the sky were his sucketh. They were his booth. They were his tent. They were that place of dwelling around him, that covering that God had, that, that was referred to in that verse as a cloud. So the word is translated tent. Everybody with me? It was translated as tent, but it's also translated as a cloud, as this covering. And so all of a sudden, you begin to see a bigger picture of what God was doing for Israel because divine clouds regularly appeared around the camp of Israel in the desert. He was that pillar of cloud that guided them along their way. He was the cloud in which God revealed himself within the tabernacle in Leviticus chapter 16 and verse 2. And so in the rabbi's interpretation, the cloud was more than just a divine GPS. It was more than just a symbol of his presence. They really felt like the clouds of glory was something that God brought amongst the the children of Israel. That they really provided a protective force field around them as they moved through the wilderness. Some rabbis imagined seven clouds, one on each side of the Israelite camp, one above, one below, and then the one main cloud in the front. So there was seven clouds, there was front, back, side, side, under, over, and then in front of leading and directing that there was seven clouds that provided protection for Israel, a place of dwelling, a covering for them. These clouds protected them from the hot sands below. These clouds protected them from the burning sun above. It protected them from the animals that would hide in wait. Those clouds were there to protect them. The clouds were thus a symbol of God's protective presence, his care and his love for his people. They were a covering over them. And if we think about it, from the beginning of time, when sin wasn't in the world, we did not need a covering But when sin entered the world, we did. We required a covering. It wasn't a covering that we could create ourselves. The covering we tried, Adam tried, it was fig leaves. Our covering was too flimsy. It was too shallow. It was too temporal. It wasn't enough to cover what was required. It's it's an understanding of our nature. It shows us a concept that our idea of covering is too small our idea of covering leaves us exposed our method of covering leaves us vulnerable to the to the enemy to the things that are happening around us we we can never take care of ourselves on our own we cannot cover ourselves but we live in a world that is attempting to try to cover themselves they'll cover themselves and they'll try and articulate their reasons for believing what they believe they they try and cover their sin and say you know what it's just the way that, that things are it's just the way that you're going to have you're going to have to come around around to a new way of thinking. And, and their attempt to cover themselves is shallow. It's never enough. Why? Because we need a covering that is greater than one that we can create. We need a covering that comes from above. We need a covering that God is able to give us. And that's exactly what God did in Genesis chapter 3 verse 21. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and he clothed them. He covered them. And the only way that we can function from the beginning of time until now is if we operate under his covering. The only way that we can succeed if we stand under his covering. In a sinless world, no covering was required. There was no separation that was needed. There was no separation needed between Adam and his world. There was no separation that was needed between Adam and his wife. There was no separation that was needed between Adam and his God. However, the moment that sin entered into our world, God got to work creating a covering. We all need a covering in our lives. We need a covering from the world. We need a covering from the elements on the outside. We need a covering that we can't create on our own. We need a covering and we've got to call out to God to say, God, I need your covering. But there through the entire picture from Israel, there's this promise that God said, I'm not going to leave you uncovered. I'm not going to leave you that way. I'm not going to leave you vulnerable. I'm not going to leave you susceptible to all of the things that could come and attack you. I'm going to cover you. It was love at work. It was God that saw us in our most vulnerable place. It was God that saw us when we needed him the most and said, I'm going to create a covering. Aren't you grateful for a God like that? I'm so thankful that God still covers. I'm thankful that God saw us the way that we were and said, I can't leave them like that. i got to cover them. The moment that sin entered the world, God got to work creating a covering. What was the covering? Well, some people would say that that, that's just separation. That, That covering is a separation from the world. It's a separation from sin. But it was more than that. I'll tell you what it was. It was a separation from the enemy. It was a separation with a significance. It was a separation that required a sacrifice. When that blood was shed and the skins were created to cover Adam and Eve, that gave them proper covering. There was a sacrifice that was made, that was blood that was shed. It was a gift from God that was given to them. It was the way to salvation. It was the way to redemption. We all still need that covering. The problem is, too often we want to ask the question, how close can I come to the world? What we need to remind ourselves is that the covering is about separation. The covering creates distance. The covering creates protection. We all need God's covering. The covering is about separation. No wonder 2 Corinthians 6 and 17 said, Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Because separation creates the opportunity for God to work and cover us in our lives. The covering covering isn't about what we lose. The covering is about what we come under. When God covers us, when we make the decision that we're not going to live in sin, but rather we are going to allow God to cover us, we come under his umbrella of protection We come under his umbrella of safety. We come under his sacrifice. The covering just isn't about what we lose. And it's not just about what we step away from. The the covering, the separation is about what we separate ourselves unto. It's the gift that we receive when we decide that we don't want what the world has to offer. We'd rather have what God is going to give us. I, I'd rather come under His covering. His, his covering is worth whatever it costs me. His, his covering is worth whatever I've got to leave behind. His covering is worth whatever sin I leave on the wayside. His covering is worth it because when I come under His covering, all of a sudden I step under the flow of blessing. I step under the flow of benefit. I step into the flow of anointing. I step into the flow where God can use us and his spirit begins to cover us. I tell you, his covering is worth whatever it costs me. His, his covering is worth whatever I've got to give up. His covering is, he's never wrong. His, his covering wasn't there so we'd lose out. His covering was there so we could win. That is what his covering was all about. His covering is about connection. That is what his covering is about. So when we accept his covering, we accept his connection. We become His. We are purchased. We are identified. The blood that was shed way back in that Garden of Eden, that blood, come on, it rolls ahead to the picture of Calvary. And it's that blood that purchases the church. And it's that blood that allows us to step through those doors with confidence, knowing I'm going to hear from God tonight because I'm his child. I'm a part of his church. I'm a part of his promise. I'm a part of his future. I'm under his covering tonight. I've connected myself to what God has designed For the church, I'm connected. I'm covered. If you look closely, you you don't have to look very far through the book. You just come into Exodus and covering is through the entire Exodus story. It's the covering of blood on the doorposts of every door. Exodus 12, 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood... I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. He said, I tell you what, when you, when you put the blood on the door, you're covering your family. When you put the blood on the door, there's a covering that happens. There's, there's protection that you're issuing. You're, 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 you're issuing the, the, the invitation to, for God to come in and the enemy to stay out. You're, you're issuing the commandment that God has covered this home. That his blood has purchased this place. That, that my family is covered under the blood. I, I wonder if anybody just kind of making a determination right now. My family is going to be covered by the blood. I, whatever it costs me. It may take the first lamb. It may take the best lamb. But I'm going to take the blood. And I'm going to apply it to the door of my house. Because I want my family covered. I, I want my family covered by the blood. And when the enemy comes... He cannot destroy us. Why? Because we've been covered by the blood. That covering was there. It was covering of the Red Sea. In Exodus 14, we know that Israel stepped into those waters, but Egypt came hot on their trail. They came right along behind them, and, but the Bible tells us that the waters returned, what does it say, and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the hosts of Pharaoh. The very thing that delivered Israel was the very thing that destroyed Egypt. That's what happens when you come under God's covering. It's a protection for you, but it's an assault against the enemy. I want to be covered tonight. I don't want to miss out on what God has for me. <laughs> there was a covering at the doorpost of their houses in Goshen. There was the covering of the Red Sea. There was the covering in the wilderness. There was the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. There was that covering of the cloud. There was a covering over the law. With the mercy seat. There was a covering over the mercy seat with blood. There was a covering over the blood with God's presence. His Shekinah filled the tabernacle in the temple. God wants someone to know tonight. That I am in the business of covering you. I'm thanking God that I've been covered. I'm thanking God that I don't have to do this by myself. When you've got to make a choice. Make the choice to choose his covering. If we think through it, just with me for a moment. Repentance, blood is applied at the altar. It's covered. Psalm 85, verse 2. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered all their sin. In baptism, blood was applied at the labor. There was a covering. Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven. It's about Baptism, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Why doesn't God impute sin? Why, when God looks for the wrongdoing, he can't see it? I'll tell you why. It's been covered. I'm so thankful for his covering tonight. Come on, we, we may remember because our mind won't let us forget, but God said, I, I can't see it. It's, it, it. It may have been there, but the blood... Has covered all the wrongdoing. It's, it's been covered, it's, it's been forgotten, and they're just cast in the sea of God's forgetfulness. The, the blood covered, and the sin is forgotten. Why? That's the power of His covering. That picture there in the Old Testament from the brazen altar to the brazen laver. Come on, to the holy of holies. It was all about covering. God said, let me cover. Let me cover the past. Let me cover the wrong. Let me cover. Let me cover it all. I'm just going to cover it. I don't know how many times I'm going to say the word cover tonight. But I hope we leave knowing that we're covered. In James 5 verse 20, Scripture said, let him know that he which converteth The sinner from the error of his ways shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sin. God has God us covered tonight. It was that beautiful end time promise that Isaiah saw. Isaiah chapter 4 verse 5 and 6. It said, and the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion. We know what happened in the past. And upon her assemblies a cloud and smoke by day. And the shining of the flaming fire by night. For upon all the glory shall be a defense. Verse 6, and there shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from the heat. And for a place of refuge. And for a cover from storm and from rain. God wants us to know tonight that from the very beginning until the very end, He has got us covered. I don't know what it is that the enemy may want to throw back in your face, but I I just like to give somebody the word that you need to speak back. It's just simply this I'm covered. God's got me covered. God's got this covered. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the wrong, but I'm even more sorry that you're failing and you're falling, enemy, because God's got this covered. God's got this covered. From beginning to ending, God is in the business of covering. God was requiring them, if we go back to that verse and we can come back to the music, Leviticus chapter 23, God was requiring them to remind the next generation not to forget. Ye shall dwell in booths seven days. He said from generation to generation. And even now still in modern day. They'll still set their booths up. The, the Israelites. They'll still set up those booths. And they'll move out of their homes. To, to go into that little booth. That your, that your generations may know. That I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths. When I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And Moses declared unto the children of Israel the feasts of the Lord. God's still requiring us to remind ourselves. And it's a responsibility that we have. Now we don't, every fall we don't say, okay everybody, get your tent. Frost is kicking in, we're going to move out in the back 40 here. We got 300 tent sites. Bring your air mattress. We're going to remember. Now, we may not be required to do that. But the lesson and the message was that Israel was not to forget what God had brought them out of. Because God knew what we get like. God knew what happens when we we get on easy street for a little while. And how quickly we forget what it was like. God knows us better than we know ourselves. God knew that Israel was going to get to the place that promised land was going to be pretty awesome. The land flowing with milk and honey, the wonder of it all. The miracles that they would be reminded of, the blessing of God flowing into their lives. But he said, you know what? There's something I want you to do every year. I want you to move out of the comfort zone and get back and remember what I did. Remember what it was like when. Remember what it was like when I brought you out of and into. I wonder if someone would just do that for a moment tonight. I wonder if you would just take a moment and remember what God brought us out of. I don't know how many... How many limbs on the tree? You've got to go back to, to be reminded about what God has done in your family. But I, I wonder if someone would just kind of travel back a generation or two and remember what it was like when God turned the situation around. What it was like when God brought you out of the land. What it was like when God covered come on, covered your sin and the enemy no longer had the access to attack and and all of a sudden you walked out and you walked into what God had prepared I wonder if someone would just be reminded for a moment about the goodness of God, about what it was like to walk into promise, just remember for a minute, someone step out of the comfort zone and say God you've been good to me, I I don't want to forget, I want to remember what it is that you've done to me, you have covered me, I'm only here because I've been under the protection of your hand and under the shelter of your wing I'm only here because your blood washed sin away I'm only here because you covered me God I'm only here because of the power of the blood I'm only here I got a testimony tonight I got a testimony about what God did in my dad's life I I got a testimony about what God did in my mom's life I got a testimony and I'm going to remember I'm going to step out and I'm going to step in to that place of covering, I I wish someone would just be reminded about what it was like. Come on, don't forget, don't forget what you've done in our lives. God, don't let us forget. Don't let us forget what it could have been like. But you covered us, God. You protected us. You sheltered us when the enemy would have taken us. God, you. God, you stood in the, in the gap. You stood in the way. You put angels around about us. God, you fought for us. You were there. You were there, God. You were there. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, I, I remember. I remember repenting. Of my sin, I remember making the the decision i 'm turning my life toward god i I remember it was just a little old song just to uh, put your life into the master 's hand that little song but it was something that got in my spirit and and I began to say God I'm gonna put my life in your hand I, I don't know where you're gonna lead me and I don't know what it means but but I'm gonna put my life in your hand and that place of repentance brought me to a place of baptism I tell you and God covered me he covered me at that place of repentance and said let's go let's go on the journey he covered me in waters of baptism I rose to walk in newness of life I was just a child but I'll never forget it I'll never forget it I'll never forget it when he filled me with his spirit why he covered me his spirit filled me came on the inside and, and I begin to come on God has covered me would someone just remember for one more moment I'm getting ready to close remember remember with me let's not forget what God has done for us CCC we can stand together don't forget old brush arbors and you know that was what the stories of our elders that's what they had I never was in a brush arbor There was always a tin roof over our head, even at Harvey Camp, at the least. But I don't want to forget the stories of our elders and the sacrifice that they made and the separation. The separation, what it cost them. When they came under covering of God. When they said, okay, I'm I'm choosing. This is my choice. How it separated them. It separated them from sin, but for some of them, it separated them from family. For some of them, it cost them their jobs. For some of them, their plans got totally turned around. But that's what happens. But but here we stand on this side and say, God has never failed this yet. I can see now what, what God was doing. He was covering me. It may have cost me something, but on this side, I can see the benefit. I can see where God was bringing us. I can see the promised land on the other side, and I wouldn't see it if I hadn't come under his covering. I'm only here because he covered me. They endured separation from family. The, the loved ones that, that once stood with them then took a stand against them, but they said, it's worth it. It's all right. Because I'm under His covering. It's all right. Come on, it's all right for us to take a few moments to remember what it was like before we sat in air-conditioned sanctuaries, before we had padded pews. I wish someone would just remember with me, God, you've been good. You've been good, but I'm only here because you covered me. I'm only here because you covered me. It's all right. It's all right to be reminded of some of our yesteryears. It's all right to be reminded about when your decision to come undercover separated you from the thing that you wanted, but God had something so much better in store. It's all right to remember. Anybody remembering with me? God said, remember, Moses tell them, get out, get out from underneath their walled houses and their beautiful couches. Get out! Get out so you remember. Remind yourself, remind, I'm reminded, I'm reminded tonight that people, some people that are still here in this church, Brother Calvin Munn, he came by today and he's struggling with his health, he's one of the eldest seniors in our church family, but he said, I wanted to get to church. I wanted to get to church. He said, but I get up on Sunday morning and I fell down and my back's all bruised. And Brother Munn, he came by today. I'll tell you why he came by. He came by to pay his tithes. And if I didn't believe in the providence and the goodness and the greatness of God and that God brings it all back, pressed down, shaken together, running up, I would not have wanted to take that on the natural. But here's what I know. He came under covering a long time ago. And God's never failed him yet. God's been a covering for him. I, I know some miracles in Brother Munn's story. I know some miracles about what God's done. I know. So I'll tell you what. I'm not, I'm not opposing God. I'm saying, God, he's under your covering. He's under your protection. And, and I'm thankful. I'm reminding myself about what this cost some of our seniors. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. It's all right. It's alright to remind ourselves. It may be good. It may be good sometimes to be called an aisle runner or a holy roller. It might do us some good. To dwell in some uncool tents for a for a little while. Take some time to remember what God brought us through, and we're only here because He covered me. We're only here because of his covering tonight. We're only here because he's a great, big, wonderful God. We're only here because his plan's bigger than ours. We're only here because, come on, he saw the whole thing, the end from the beginning. And he said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. From the beginning of time until the end of time, I'm covering. He's covering. I wonder if you pray together with me. I feel the Holy Ghost. Jesus, I thank you for your help tonight. Lord, I ask that someone would be willing to pay that price. God, it may be a first week or a first month for somebody, but it may be the 60th year for another person. God, you required everyone in Israel to... Remember what you had done for them. Today, God, we remind ourselves what you have done for us. God, we remember. And God, through it all, we see your covering. God, we see your protection. God, we see your washing and your cleansing. God, we see you directing and ordering. We, God, we see a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. We, God, we see... We see it. When we pause to think about it, we realize it. God, remind us tonight to move away from the things that would separate us from you. And God, make us separate ourselves from it. God, let us live lives of holiness and separation. God, let us shun sin and let us invite and welcome the cost of your covering tonight.